Get ready. Three, two, one, zero. You are listening to the Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Ryan Livergood, Trey Barrett, and Will Greenwood. That's right. We are the Fantasy Joes. I'm the Rotor Librarian, Ryan Livergood. Joining me this evening from North Carolina, we've got Trey Barrett. Trey, Red Sox just won. They're up 2-0. How are you feeling? Man, pretty awesome. Things are, things are looking up. Excited to, excited to chat with you guys tonight. Put a show out there. It's going to be a good time. And Will Greenwood from the Twin Cities. Your Iowa Hawkeyes are looking pretty good, Will. Oh, yeah. Looking forward to the rest of the season. I'm riding the hype train. Ride the highs and just count the lows. My college football takes. So, guys, we've seen some surprising things happen in the NFL this season, and we've had some surprising things happen off the field since our last recording. So what's the most surprising of these three? The Carlos Hyde trade to Jacksonville. Is that, that more surprising than the Armari Cooper trade to the Dallas Cowboys? Or – is the off-the-field stuff with Chad Kelly, um, you know, him, him now, you know, being charged and uh, with the trespassing and being kicked off of the Denver Broncos? Which of those is more surprising? I'm going to pivot here to most surprising was, uh, according to the, I guess the police report is, Chad Kelly, had, like, as he got arrested, they, they didn't, t- like he had uh, no alcohol in his blood system. Is the current, like, status of affairs there. He had no alcohol so, in his blood. He, are you serious? I thought he was. Well, to- I mean, there were there might have been like for like there that at least was reported. I just wonder what else that would have been. <laughs> but no, I think uh, I'll go with Amari Cooper to the Cowboys. I, I'm not shocked that the Cowboys did, did that move. I just feel like they might have gone for like a, a veteran more like Demarius Thomas for cheaper. Yeah, yeah, it, it's surprising. Uh, Trey, what what about you? I mean, maybe maybe the Carlos Hyde trade isn't surprising i think maybe the fact that he went to jacksonville was the most surprising element of that deal for me and he's actually gonna play quarterback that's the most surprising <laughs> not really if you've watched like bortles play <laughs> trey, trey what do you what do you yeah. think yeah i don't think that I, I i agree i think the trade of carlos hyde everyone saw that coming and and you know the ability to get nick chubb in there and but i do think it's surprising that he went to jacksonville i think it speaks volumes about their concern with Leonard Fournette this year moving forward because that's a team I think that still is expecting to be in the playoffs. But it, yeah, I agree with Will. It's, it's the Amari Cooper trade for me. Not just that it happened, but what they gave up. And, uh, you know, it's kind of funny because everyone now is kind of like, oh, the, you know, the Cowboys actually are the ones that lost this deal uh, the, after the Raiders, you know, quote unquote, lost the Khalil Mack trade. You know, now all of a sudden the, the Raiders have won this one. So. It's going to be interesting to see how it pans out. We shall see. We shall see. I, I might have been most surprised by the Chad Kelly news, to be honest with you, because I knew he had the off-the-field issues and he was a bit of a knucklehead. But, man, just, uh, you know, just kind of I – mean, I mean, he'll get signed someplace else. But, you know, he, he had a great opportunity, right? I mean, that was the hype. People were picking him up off waivers in, like, Superflex leagues when he was on waivers because case Keenum was gonna lose that job they're gonna see what they had in Chad Kelly well that's not gonna happen now and that's that's disappointing that's that's just disappointing got a lot of potential but clearly upstairs he doesn't have it all so um but let's not talk about disappointments or surprises let's well maybe we'll talk about some surprises (laughs) let's talk about our mid-season lunch pail awards because tonight we are doing the fantasy joes 
mid-season lunch bill award show. And we're, you know, we're, we're not talking about guys that are obvious. We're not going to talk about Todd Gurley as the MVP because that would just be a waste of our breath. You, you guys know that. We're not going to talk about Adam Thielen and his amazing season. Uh, we're not going to talk about all those things. We are going to talk about the lunch bill guys, kind of the surprise guys and the unexpected guys. These are our Fantasy Joe's midseason lunch pail awards. And we have nominees and we're going to pick the winner. Uh, we're all going to make a case about 60 seconds or less and then pick the winner in each category. Without further ado, Trey, let's just lead off with the, the number one spot. We're not going to build up to the MVP. We're just going to go right to the MVP. So who is your nomination for lunch pail MVP? Yeah, for me, this guy um, right now is Melvin Gordon. And it probably is helpful that I have him on several redraft teams. You know, I I looked at his ADP uh, at the beginning of the year, and and it was right around the end of the first round, beginning of the second round. He's currently running back three, and that's with a game missed. Um, You know, he he scored less than 22 PPR points only one time this year. In that game, he had 16.4 three of his six games, he's put up 30 plus. So so this is a guy that's won you likely three weeks. And uh, I I just think that his, his production, uh, there's been a lot of touchdowns. I know there's, there's some people that think that he could have a little bit of negative touchdown regression, but I I think for me, he's been a guy that, you know, at the end of that first round is really putting up massive, massive production. He's involved in the passing game and um, he's, he's gotta be a, uh, MVP candidate for fantasy. A solid nominee, no doubt about it. Will, what about you? Who's your nominee? Who do you want to make case for for MVP? MVP. So I, <laughs> I looked over this quite a bit, and I want to lead just quickly with the runner-up, uh, George Kittle, because he's had a pretty darn good season and went to Iowa. But the really play, the the player I really want to talk about is Emmanuel Sanders. So uh, just a quick no 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 bonuses. Uh, he's WR six in points per games in half point PPR. And WR3 overall in total points. Uh, you didn't, I mean, you, knew, you, you thought you were getting a value with Emmanuel Sanders, but I don't think you were expecting this from what he's done. And you're reading late in drafts. Let's just say seventh round and later. And that's just, and that's if you're doing snake drafts and auctions, he wasn't going for too much, too many dollars. Uh, his worst game was five catches and 45 yards. So if you were playing in a PPR, that's even that terrible week. It doesn't tank your team. So I, I, I looked at this and I tried to look at, look at it objectively going through the players. And I, I just, you know, he kind of surprised me. He surprised me with what he's been putting up. And I feel like it hasn't been that flashy of stats. But man, man, Emmanuel Sanders has been crushing it. He's the, so in the Lunch Pail MVP awards, uh, he is the unsweetened applesauce, like little packet. <laughs> it's it's good. And, and you're right. I mean, a guy that we, maybe we expected him to bounce back and have a solid year, but he is playing phenomenally. And maybe it's obvious to everybody else, but just wasn't obvious to me. So that's, I mean, that's where, sorry, that's where it comes from. I'll tell you a guy who's not obvious. So, so my runner up is, is James White. I got to say is a guy that you just didn't expect to, to put up the numbers he's putting up. Um, but if you look at half point PPR, this is fantasy points per game, top five running backs. You've got Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, and James Connor, number five, James Connor is my, MVP, mainly because we didn't expect it. You know, going into the the season, we were all in on Le'Veon Bell. I, I don't remember anyone saying, "Oh, I'm worried about Le'Veon Bell not coming back." No one was talking about that. We all thought Le'Veon Bell was going to be plug and play, a top running back. Well, those that had the foresight to to make sure they had James Conner as their handcuff, it's paying off in spades. 
guys, I don't know if Le'Veon Bell is going to come back. I, I mean, or if he does come back, what, are they going to use him? Um, I mean, there's so many questions about that. You can't necessarily count on him coming back and winning your league. Maybe it happens. But in the meantime, keep running James Conner. I mean, he's the MVP because of what you paid for him and what he's putting up for you. Uh, you got, you've got James Conner on your team. You're probably doing well. So James Conner's my guy. We decided to, to divide these categories, and we, we, instead of us like debating for hours and hours on who to pick, we're, we're basically just taking turns uh, giving out the award. So Trey's giving out the award for MVP. So Trey, who do you want to give it to? You've listened to all of our cases. Who do you like? I'd say with the, with the combination of draft capital and production um, this far in the season, I think it's got to be James Conner. I, I think that you know Melvin Gordon's been a stud. Emmanuel Sanders has been a stud at, at a greater value, but – uh, no greater value for production than, than James Conner, whether it continues back after year or not. I think at this, this point in the season, it's gotta be, it's gotta be James Conner. All right. So, so James Conner, um, MVP, really everyone gets, gets a, a word from the fancy Joe. So don't worry. No one's going to go home empty panded. We have really nice parting gifts for the, the players that don't win the ultimate award. James, James Conner is kind of like that. All you can eat buffet where you've eaten like six or seven meals already. And you're there. You're waiting to get kicked out, but you may or may not get kicked out. <laughs> I, and, and you gotta okay. love, well, you gotta love a story too. I mean, you've, you've heard about it. I mean, just the guy, you know, survived cancer coming back and, and kick him back in the NFL. It's such a great story. Um, you know, I'll lead off with, with the rookie. And, and he, not that he's actually putting up the numbers, but so maybe this is, you know, I know it's a midseason award, but I, I just want to give, and, and full disclosure, I was the last person to be able to put a rookie in here, and I can't use Saquon Barkley because that's just too obvious. So I've been in Baker Mayfield because I think Baker Mayfield has shown enough to, uh, you know, rejuvenize, reinvigorate that Cleveland team. That Thursday night game against the Jets, he got it done. He came in. He looked phenomenal. You see the spark. And I just think, you know, as, as a quarterback that's going to lead his team to victories, they're, they're competitive every game. Every game goes into overtime, it seems. And so it's not that he's been up amazing numbers yet, but Baker Mayfield is, is my, my rookie of the year. Did I even announce the category I just jumped into? I think I, I, I dropped the ball. I think I forgot to announce the category. The rookie of the year. For, for me, it's, it's Baker Mayfield. Um, the lunch pail rookie of the year. You know. And, he, and he, you know, yeah, so the lunch, lunch pail rookie of the year, you know, for the Cleveland Browns, the ultimate lunch pail team, that's my guy. Will, what, what, what about you? Yeah, I mean, the Cleveland Browns have the – every time you open the lunch pail, there's a bologna sandwich in there. <laughs> so, for this, I was trying to – you know, we're trying to avoid saying Saquon, you know, Saquon Barkley or, you know, anybody else big. So, I want – I just wanted to say this, that I want to make a case for Sony Michelle, and he's been a tout of mine since the beginning, so I, it's a uh, – uh, it's, I mean, it, it, I want to say it's not biased, but it's, it's just a touch. It's just a touch. So he obviously didn't start the season, and you know he had, he had an injury at the uh, in the last week's game. So but let's just say the ups and downs of the regular season. Let's just see what he's pacing. Let's do some extrapolation here because in this short uh, six weeks that he's actually played in games, I think you've had uh, you know at least at least enough variance for for me to feel like this is at least closer to what it should be. So if you were to put Tony Michelle's pace, he'd be at 1,125 yards rushing and, uh, uh, and 10.6666666 repeating, of course, touchdowns. And wait for it, 21.3333333 targets, 10.6 catches, 82.6 receiving yards. Uh, and that's a, I just think that he, where you, where you got him in your, in your redraft leagues or if you traded him from early, I think he could be a great candidate for the lunch pail rookie of the year. 
man, the detail in those stats, it's going down to the the decimal point, several, several spots. I mean, that was that was awesome. Well, I was going through and putting those in the show notes, and I I put one stat in front of the other and then didn't read it correctly. Poor poor reading job by Wilbur. No, it was it was good. I, I like it. I like Sonny Michelle for this category. I, I mean, you know, we were in doubt going into the year, but he has come on and hopefully the injury isn't serious. He's coming back. Uh, Trey, you got another guy. This guy that if, if we'd done like a preseason, you know, lunch bail award show, probably wouldn't have been on our list, right? Yeah, he, he definitely wouldn't have been on his list. I know he was mentioned by by a few as has potential guys, you know, with some upside, but, but, and this guy largely went undrafted, definitely in redraft and in dynasty. I think he was even on waiver wires and that's Philip Lindsay, the Denver Broncos. You know, we talked about him earlier when we recorded the Patreon show and, you know, could be a real, real DFS value this week, but um, the guy is running back 15 currently in PPR and he's had double digit PPR points in six of his seven games. And if you look at it, he's not even touching the ball. I think the most touches he's had in a game is 17 touches. So he's just doing incredible things with his opportunity. I, for one, even earlier in the season said it was unsustainable, Uh, but he just continues to produce. He continues to look really good when he is given the opportunity. And so for his price and the production he's given you, um, he's been a huge, definitely rookie of the year for me. Will, this is your uh, award to hand out. What say you? So when we were writing this out, I, I, this goes to me, Philip Lindsay, hands down, as far as lunch pail, rookie of the years. I, I know there might be a little bit of obviousness to that as far as his value, but you got Philip Lindsay for free everywhere, not just in redraft, but in dynasty. He was going undrafted. You were picking him up. Uh, we, I don't even think we, we mentioned him. I know he's on a show note a while ago, but uh, congrats, congrats to Philip Lindsay and what he's done. And, man, I want to root for the guy. He's the, he deserves the – he is the lunch pail – like maybe the lunch pail MVP overall, Philip Lindsay undrafted. And next year it's just going to, it's going to hurt my UDFA hype because I love UDFAs. Yeah. I, I love Philip Lindsay. I, you know, I haven't won Dennis league one redraft. I wish I had him more places. And the one league I got him, I, I blew all my fab on him and it was totally worth it in the dynasty league. So anyway, I, I like the call. I like the award rookie of the year, Philip Lindsay. Let's move on to a category we're calling super flex Superman. So this is the, the quarterback that stands out, the lunch bill quarterback, the guy that surprises. I mean, Patrick Mahomes obviously would be a obvious choice for this, but we're going to exclude Patrick Mahomes. Um, he's, he's too flashy. What do they call him? What, I, what, what's the name they come up for him now? Showtime? Showtime Mahomes? You know, we're not going to – no, no Showtime here, okay? These lunch bill guys. Just have so. Patrick Mahomes impressions ready? Yeah, go ahead. All right, this is Patrick Mahomes. It's just touchdowns just running around the field. It's great. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Have I you not heard about that? Like his team's him about his voice because he has a, a he very does great, have a yeah. If you heard the pest higher pitch voice, it's he, surprising. The first time I heard it, I was like, really? This is Patrick I get, And Dan Patrick asked him about it. He's like, oh no, I'm just absolutely embracing. Like it's great. So they're, I mean, <laughs> kind of shocked you guys have been against. Good, good, good. No, I can't. I can't follow that Trey. You gotta, you gotta lead us off. <laughs> That's hilarious. I've not actually heard him talk. I'll have to. I'll have to oh, you guys to check it out. Yeah, check it out. So the guy for me is Philip Rivers. I'm just gonna jump right into it. The the quarterback that I think you know is is the Superman at the Superflex position. You know, beginning of the season he was quarterback 14 in ADP. Um, the guy's just been super consistent. And what this is what probably impressed me the most. There's, you know, 
currently he's the quarterback four in production in four point passing touchdown leagues. And, you know, the, the thing that amazes me is the three guys ahead of him have thrown the ball 251 times. That's Patrick Mahomes, 270 times. That's uh, Matt Ryan and 313 times. That's Andrew Luck. Phillip Rivers has only attempted 221 passes. So he's basically, you know, 30, almost 50, and like 90 attempted passes less than the three guys ahead of him. He's been incredibly efficient. He's been very consistent. You know, I think, you know, the other thing with those three guys ahead of him, they've all had like really big boom games where they could win you a week. And, and Phillip Rivers hasn't had those games. But I think that, you know, he's just been incredibly efficient. And I think that as crazy as it sounds at quarterback four, I think the back half of the season, he could actually outproduce what he's done in the first half of the year. So I, I think that Phillip Rivers has looked really good. I, I love the offense he's playing in. And, uh, you know, at, at the price at quarterback 14, I think he was a, a strong, strong contender for Superflex Superman. He is indeed. Uh, this is a tough category. There are a lot of good contenders here. Will? Uh, so I didn't write as big of a case as, as what, what, what traded. I think that was very well like spoken and a, a great thing of it. One to me was just uh, Drew Brees being pretty undervalued coming in this year and what he's produced so far. I think we should have seen this coming a little bit more, what he was doing. And even in Dynasty, Drew Brees won you probably the first four weeks of the season. He's been He's just been great. So I, I feel like that's that's not too lunch paley to go Drew Brees, but that's going to be my – that's kind of my first opinion when it came to this is just say – they're saying like this offense is changing, not going to pass anymore, and Drew Brees has really uh, lit up the scoreboard pretty well. So I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with Drew Brees. Uh, you know, he's carrying a pretty big, pretty big lunch pail, but there's a reasonable amount of food in there. Good call on Drew Brees. Um, so th- there are so many guys. Like, who who do I want to talk about? So I was thinking Matt Ryan, a guy that was kind of disrespected coming into this year. He's been phenomenal. Andrew Luck, a guy we we, we questioned whether he was going to see the field at one point, and, and he's been great. Uh, but I, I ended up putting Mitchell Trubisky as my nominee for Superflex super Superman for a couple different reasons. So uh, like ESPN default scoring, he's the number six quarterback, uh, fantasy points per game, uh, 22.7. And I just think that's phenomenal. Uh, I'm not saying that Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky is this great quarterback, like NFL quarterback. I and mean, maybe he could develop into that, but he's got a long way to go. He's a poor decision maker. But in, in that, that, that Matt Nagy offense, I, I just think the, the way he, he can run, if you look at the leading rushers among QBs, um, and, and these, these guys only played six games each. You've got number one, Cam Newton. Uh, 257 yards, and then Mitchell Trubisky, 245 yards, rushing yards, right behind him. Um, and Trubisky's done it on uh, fewer attempts than Cam Newton. He's done it on 21 fewer attempts, which is really interesting. So I, I just think with the kind of the Konami code that, that Mitchell Trubisky gives you, um, not a great real-life NFL quarterback yet, but I, I think he's a surprising fantasy quarterback. Uh, even to me that he's ranked this highly so far. So Mitchell Trubisky is my, my nominee here and I get to pick and I, I can't pick Trubisky because yeah, I'm a Bears fan and <laughs> not appropriate, even though I kind of want to. Um, and this is hard. This is probably the hardest category. I'm just going to go with Drew Brees. Cause I think that people were really down on Drew Brees going into the year. And I, I, I like that case. I mean, you made a tremendous case, Trey. Once again, this category, it's impossible. There's so many guys, there are guys we didn't mention that easily could be the lunch bail. Um, those Superman, Superflex guys. So, so, moving, so moving forward, I actually have a question about this. I, I think so. Philip Rivers, so that uh, San Diego defense is going to get Joey Bosa back, and 
let's just say that adds a pretty formidable asset to that team. Are you worried about Phillip Rivers moving forward after this hot start? If you're in a dynasty Superflex league and maybe you're, maybe you're like, Hey, I won a few games off him. And now there's a team that's uh, four and three or three and four, but has a good rest of the squad. Maybe you can move him for, you know, maybe some youth because you had some QB depth because Philip Rivers, Philip Rivers has been kind of disrespected. Uh, what's your, what are your thoughts on that? I, to me, my, my quick thing is I, I'm moving him if I can. I think that team's going to change in the back half of the season and the way that they're going to rely on more of their defense and they're going to be in lower scoring games. And Philip Rivers, this isn't we, – we've seen this. This this may not be the real Philip Rivers, like overall. Like if I could get Chris Godwin in a first-round pickback, something like that, Trey? Trey. <laughs> Trey just made that deal in one of our leagues. So, Trey, Trey what do you think? Are you worried about uh, Rivers sliding a little bit? No, I'm not. Actually, I bought Philip Rivers in that deal, so I was I was the buyer. No, I, I think he's got some nice matchups down the stretch, and and I don't think that he's, you know, I, I think that their while their defense is going to be, you know, gaining, um, you know, I think they do have some, you know, that the if you look at the quarterbacks they face, the back half of the season that you know they don't have a ton of great quarterbacks, but I like some of his playoff matchups. I, I like that you know they get the Bengals at home in week 14, they play the chiefs on the road in week 15 and they get the Ravens at home week 16. And I know the Ravens have been a good defense, but they're also traveling out to LA to play them. So I, I, I don't think, I think Phillip rivers, he, you know, he's just a guy that never kind of never gets the respect. I think he doesn't, he's not really viewed as a, you know, top six or top eight fantasy quarterback. And he just continues to produce there year after year. Um, the, the weapons I think are, are really strong. I think that, you know, Tyrell Williams and Mike Williams are really coming on Eckler and Gordon out of the backfield. Um, you know, I think that he's, he's going to continue to find ways to, to put up production. So I, I'm not super worried about it. All right, let's, let's, let's move on. Let's get into everyone's favorite category. It's the, the letdowns uh, for this award show. Um, who, who, who's letting us down? Uh, Will, you, you want to go first? You, you listed a lot of guys. I'm, I'm, Curious who your ultimate letdown is going to be. <laughs> well, so uh, can I can I do two? Because I want to do one in regular sure. leagues. Why not? I, I, well, I guess I'll start with. Ah, I, want, I want all three. I want all three so bad. So, but I'm just going to go with uh, Nelson Aguilar force first. He was he let off the year in, in PPR. He had a lot of receptions, very few yards, not a lot of touchdowns. I feel like we were expecting uh, him to take the step up this year, and he hasn't. You saw Alshon Jeffrey come back and dominate that receiving core, and they, they brought back Matthews. So I think when we were looking for progression from a player from last year with what he was showing, I think Nelson Aguilar is supremely disappointing in that sense. That uh, I, I mean, I liked, I, I wanted him, I have him, but uh, he, he's not taking that next step that we've seen so far, and he hasn't. He's not a difference maker. Like, he's in redraft leagues. He's, he's darn near droppable, like, uh, that's that's probably my number one, and I can talk about the others later if you guys want to go first. Or you want me to talk about them now? No, go ahead. You're in a roll. Go ahead. Sure. Uh, the next one would be Sammy Watkins moving to the Chiefs in that high flying offense. For how high flying that offense is, uh, his overall production has just been poor comparatively to the rest of the team. I, I know he said he's had some okay weeks, but for what they're doing, you want the wide receiver too in that offense. So I, you want Sammy Watkins potentially long term, but so far it's just been a disappointment this year. I think he could be a good bounce back candidate, but overall, Sammy Watkins just not just not what I was hoping. And I've, I've been a detractor of Sammy Watkins, but still, I kind of expect I didn't expect to be wrong, but wouldn't have been shocked if I was wrong about that one. The next one is Alex Smith in at the Redskins. I in our group chat, <laughs> I wanted to rip my hair out 
of every single PFF screenshot or stat thing. It's like, oh, Alex Smith, throw the deep ball so far and so good. He's even better when Tyreek Hill's off the field. Well, now he's on, now he's on the Redskins. He's away from Andy Reid in that offense, and now Alex Smith sucks <laughs> for, for fantasy overall. And they're, I mean, their wide receiver core is banged up, but the, I just think he's to be on the letdown, and he's kind of an under-the-radar letdown because nobody's really, like, pay, paying too much for Alex Smith in the Superflex League. But I think – to me, he's a letdown because he just hasn't done – he's not what, – what are you going to do there? Like, it turns out Alex Smith is – he's turned back into a pumpkin. Uh, and the last one will be, why, why are we not accepting the disappointment of Julio Jones? He, if, if, he should be Julio Regression Jones because every time somebody talks about him and his stats moving into the next year, so I was talking about regression, regression, touchdown regression, touchdown regression, touchdown regression. Uh, and I, I agree with that. He probably will have more touchdowns later in the season. But when do you give up on that? He's the wide receiver 13 and a half point PPR right now. And you drafted him to, to get more, more than that. And he's had great yards, a great catch. It just is a, to me, I think he's a huge disappointment because he hasn't, he hasn't regressed to the mean in a good way. And the fact that he hasn't yet is mind boggling. And that is super disappointing. Yeah, I, I like your letdowns, Will. I, I, but I, I'm taking mine to a whole lower level than yours. I, I think with mine, um, I, I have a couple of guys I'll briefly mention, like Corey Davis. I was really optimistic about Corey Davis coming into the year. You know, right now, if you look at points per game scoring and, and full point PPR, it's it's 10.8. You know, for a guy that's received 56 targets, you know, this year, that's not great. Only one touchdown. You know, compare that with a guy like Sterling Shepard. He's got 51 targets, two touchdowns, but, you know, 14.1 points. Like, Corey Davis is just – it's just not happening. It just isn't happening. And Evan Ingram. Oh, Evan Ingram. I know he's had the injury, but even when he's healthy, he's only averaging 4.5 targets a game. He's in that Giants offense. Um, I, I think when we talked about guys that, that um, we're going to do well this year and guys you wanted to, to acquire, I boldly said that, oh, Evan Ingram's going to – you know, still get over 100 targets. You know, look at what's, what has happened historically. That's not going to happen. He's averaging 4.5 a game. You know, they're just—it's just oh, it's just—I'm just, so sad about Evan Ingram because he's so talented. But with that offense, with that quarterback, it's not going to happen this year. Probably not going to happen next year in terms of him being a really solid tight end in fantasy. So big disappointment for me. Um, this is an easy category to do. We could all list like you know 20 guys. <laughs> There's so many letdowns. Trey. Uh, you might have the the king of all letdowns, though, on, on, on your list. Yeah, I do. I Just a w- real quick, you know, it's this is – what a world we live in when Julio Jones, who, you know, I know, I know Will's kind of the king of extrapolation, but uh, Julio Jones on pace for 121 catches for 1,856 yards, and he's a disappointment. Like, I just think that's great. I mean, that, he's on pace to score 300-plus 300, 300 PPR points, and, and so it's just – But, he, and, but he's, he's wide receiver 13. Well, that in, point, in full PPR, he's like wide receiver seven. So I, I think that anyway, regardless, I, I just I, I'm not necessarily disagreeing because I think that not having the touchdowns hurts his upside weekly. But it's just funny that, you know, because I do think that people are kind of devaluing him. I, I don't think it's a, a wrong assessment. But my guy that I chose was was Leonard Fournette. And, I mean, you know, the guy, even when he's been on the field, and it's only been two games, the production's just not been there. And it, I don't think he's been right as far as health. And, and I hate to, you know, to, to, you know, go with someone as a letdown that's been related to injury. Um, but, but with him, I think it's a little different because I think it's kind of one of those things that you took into consideration. 
So I, I think anyone, you know, he, he was essentially, you know, at the, you know, mid to back end of that first round and uh, to, to not have him on your roster, unless you just crushed it, the back half of the, the draft and redraft um, or, you know, just had a really stacked team. It's, it's quite likely that Leonard Fournette is costing you a chance at a, a championship, maybe the playoffs this year. And, and that just hurts. So he, he's my, he, he's the leading candidate for me. I mean, I, the guy's not even put up, I think in the two games he played, he, he hasn't even put up combined a total of 100 yards. And, and you get to pick it, Trey. So is, is this your guy? Are you giving it to Leonard Fournette? You're let down? So who gets yeah, I think so. I, I think so. I think it's, I think it's hard to beat. I mean, I, you guys all, the, the people that you guys mentioned were, you know, to, to varying degrees, big disappointments. But, you know, for him, the, the production, I mean, even – I mean, shoot, even, you know, the, the guys like Corey Davis have had, you know, big production week and, and you know, still potentially could help your team. I, I think Leonard Fournette is going to continue to really hinder. Um, and, and so with the, with the draft capital that was spent, I think he's got to be the guy. I'm totally down for that. And at, in our group chat for the, the Fantasy Addicts, somebody said he's the, the Arian Foster. And I kind of joked and said, so he's going to get you a couple championships for fantasy. And honestly, if you look at Arian Foster and what he did, Give, give me that right now. I mean, his his sophomore year, he went for 616 yards on the ground, 16 touchdowns, along with uh, six, 604 yards receiving another two. And then, yeah, he was, you know, he was hurt and banged up. But his stat, I mean, what he did for your fantasy team was incredible. So uh, if he's the next Arian, I, almost, I, I would take the uh, younger Arian Foster and over Leonard Fournette. Hey guys, let's let's pick up the pace because we're uh, we got two more categories and then we got to get our hot ball spicy takes. So uh, quickly, uh, sneaky good. I'm just going to throw out Austin Eckler. Uh, you know, he's a guy that has, has been good. He's basically been a running back too. If you look at the numbers, um, you know, he uh, most of the time gets you double digit fantasy points in, in full point PPR leagues. So Austin Eckler's my guy. He, he's a nice guy to have, especially with Melvin Gordon now with that injury. We'll see. Even though on the the big role, I think a lot of that was game script. He didn't have an amazing week against the the Titans, but Austin Eckler is, is my nominee. Will quickly give me a, give me a guy for uh, this category, our our sneaky good category. Yeah, he had to wait a few games until uh, Alshon Jeffrey came back, but I feel like his comeback is being missed, especially because he ju- he disappeared against that his second game there against the Vikings. Hit eight targets, two catches for nine yard, thirty nine yards. That's a big like kind of bad game for him. But in four games, uh, he has. 25 catches for 306 yards and four touchdowns. I didn't extrapolate that because you guys know my affinity for the extrapolations. It's also <laughs> not really relevant. But uh, Alshon's come back and been an alpha. And I, I feel like that's gone underwritten, under-talked about. That he is his connection with Carson Wentz is, is incredible. And we talked about this before, and we haven't really brought it up since. And I, I just feel like Alsh- Alshon's dominating uh, in, in that yeah at this moment, and we're missing it. Trey, who's your nominee for this? My my sneaky good guy is a, is a guy that I actually picked up on waivers, strangely, in a, in a couple dynasty leagues, and one of them being full PPR, um, and that's Tyler Boyd. You know, Tyler Boyd is currently in in full PPR, wide receiver fourteen. He's seventeenth among wide receivers in the NFL in targets with fifty six. So it's not like it's a a fluky touchdown thing. Um, you know, he and it's not like the guy's scored over twenty points in four out of the seven games he's played. He's a second round pick that I think is finally just starting to come around. Everybody kind of gave up on him because John Ross had the draft capital, but Andy Dalton and the Cincinnati offense is coming around. I think Tyler Boyd is legit. I think he's here to stay. He's a guy that, you know, on the, on the couple, I've started him 
on two different teams and he's, he's helped me win a, some games. And, and so I, I think that he's kind of sneaky. I, I bet a lot of people listen to this right now are saying, wow, really? He's wide receiver 14. I, I didn't, I would have never guessed that. I like it. Uh, Will, you get to pick the winner of this category. Who, who's your sneaky good guy? These are all good nominees. Oof. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, man. Tick, 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 tick. I'm going to go Tyler Boyd. I think it's the best sneaky good one. It was a little bit, not, not quite lunch bail. You know, kind of, these guys kind of. This was Cincinnati. It's kind of lunch bail town. Lunch bail. Got you, like, you bet your I was kind of worried about Tyler Boyd, but I think he's been so sneaky good for his future. Austin Eckler has also been just. His points are so big. So, but uh, I'll, I'll go to Tyler Boyd, such as that first. All right. And, and, and real quick, we're going to do this like 30 seconds or less. Our bounce back guys, guys that have not looked good early on in the year that we think are going to bounce back. Trey, you're, who's your bounce back guy? You know what? I'm going to go with um, Keenan Allen. And this is you know, partly because, <laughs> you know, it, it's partly because the same thing I talked about, Philip Rivers. You know, I think last year we had the same discussion. You know, Keenan Allen is still being heavily targeted in the red zone and uh, the touchdowns just haven't been there. And they've scored a lot of long touchdown passes. And, and Philip Rivers only thrown 220 uh, passes, uh, only attempted 220 passes this year. So I think it's going to happen. I think that Keenan Allen, the more that I looked at it, I think that he's going to continue to get opportunities. I think he's getting open. It's there. You know, I've heard a couple, a couple people talking about this. So that's my guy. Good, good nominee. Uh, Will? Who, uh, another, I felt rather obvious to me is Doug Baldwin. We saw it starting last week. I know that it happened more later in the game. And it wasn't, the game was kind of put away, but it's more important to me to see that he's getting healthy and he's getting some targets and catches. Just to get back in the flow of the NFL, he's been banged up pretty hard and those, those knee issues. I'm hoping after the bye, he is my big time target and I think he has a bright future. Uh, and then, oh, and then I wrote at the end, oh, something, something cute now. <laughs> and i'm just gonna throw out dalvin cook I, I mean i know i know it's bleak i actually traded away dalvin cook in a league uh, i needed wide receiver help so um but he could come back and win your league if he get, comes back and, and he's healthy if you own him it's a good thing they're holding him out they want him to come back 100 he could win your league so i, I gotta call a three-way tie i think these are all good nominees because i think keenan allen doug baldwin and dalvin cook are all guys that could bounce back in a big way and, and help you win your league so i'm gonna take the easy way out i'll give it all it's all three of them so, guys, we got to move on. We're running out of time. Hot, bold, spicy takes for this week. We're going into week eight, right, guys? Um, we got we got five levels. We got banana pepper, jalapeno, habanero, ghost pepper, Carolina Reaper. You know how this works. We get we get points based on the takes. Uh, the standings. Trey is first with eight points. I'm second with six, and Brandon in the rear is Will Green with zero points. So, um, we missed our picks last week for all kinds of reasons. We don't have time to get into it. Let's just get right into it. Hot bowl spicy takes. We go quick, 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 quick. Who wants to lead off? I'll go first. I know this isn't going to be the spiciest take of the night, but you know when you boil it down, it's still a, a, a you know stepping out there and putting it up. I think that Philip Lindsay is going to be a top six running back this week. He does have a good matchup. I know Royce Freeman. He's going to continue to get used, but got the ankle. So Philip Lindsay, top six running back for me in PPR this week. Hmm, that's that's interesting. Um, I, I think it's pretty hot, mainly because I think it's uh, Devontae Booker is going to be annoying enough to, uh, you know, take away some carries. So he certainly should be top six. So I think I'll go Ghost Pepper. Will? Ah, top six. That's that's pretty high. This is some good running backs after uh, back after the bye. 
but top six, I think, is a, is a ghost pepper because if he gets a couple touchdowns, I mean, he's good to go. And he's very quick and good at the football. All right. That was good. Um, I'm pulling up my take right now because I got to pull up the information for it. But I'll, I'll, when I'm pulling it up, I'll talk about it. So, oh, here I got it. So there's a team, Green Bay <laughs> Packers. They're going on the road. They're 10 and a half point underdogs. Well, I think that your Green Bay Packers are going to roll in to um, Los Angeles and beat the undefeated LA Rams. Green Bay Packers winning this week. Aaron Rodgers, top three quarterback. And Aaron Jones is going to be um, a top 18 running back this week. Uh, yeah, these <laughs> over-unders. Uh, the top three, yeah, it's going to have to be if Aaron Rodgers is going to beat them. So I'll, I'm just going to go – I'll go Ghost Pepper because I, I no longer am going Carolina Reaper on the over-unders. Well, there's two other things that can happen there too. But I know, I, but like the – I don't blame we don't, we, we don't have time to debate anyway. It's okay. Trey, what, what, do, you, what do you like? What do you, what do you want to call that I'll one? take I'll, – I'll give that Carolina Reaper. I mean, the first two I think are kind of mutually exclusive if, if, the, if the Packers roll in there and actually win this game. Rodgers is probably going to be a top three quarterback, but you know, 10 point underdog to win top three for Rodgers and top eight. That, that's, that's, if you hit all that, that's pretty good. I'll, go all right, I'll change it. I'm going Carolina Reaper. Okay. Carolina week Reaper. So had some stats to go with that to back it up, but don't have time. So Trey or no, or, excuse me. Will take yeah, us home with uh, dolphins beat the Texans Thursday night. And uh, then uh, the 49ers beat the Cardinals. CJ Beathard is a top, Let's go five. Let's go eight. I don't feel as good about that, but uh, George Kittle is the number one fantasy tight end this week. Well, as usual, you got to give your take a kill on a Reaper because you need like four things to happen. <laughs> but that's I, just, I think Miami's going to beat the Texans, and then the rest of it's for fun. And I, I want that though. You could have left off Kittle being the number one tight end. I still would have given Carolina Reaper. So it's Carolina Reaper plus. You're going to have to. Let's get some Greenwood points on the board here. Well, you're you're you might want to. You know, I'll learn eventually. It'd be tough to but get some like, uh, points on the was, board this week. was so much worse. Because I, I didn't think T.Y. Hilton was going to play, and then Inman was Inman was. Yeah, I don't think he played. I think T.Y. Hilton was out. So we'll have to put all that in the show sheet because I don't think I got all those things. But anyway, we got to go. We're the Fancy Joes. Thanks for listening. Find us on Twitter at FF Joes. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Uh, good luck going into week eight. Have a good Adios. one. Adios. Go socks. White Sox. Not the White Sox. The, the Red, Red Sox. Sox. Red Sox. They brought back Kurt Schilling as a closer. <laughs> Going all <laughs> on their asses. I think Kurt Schilling's right. running for office, isn't he?